What is going on, people of the interwebs? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9, otherwise known as Episode number 34 of the Reverend Babble Podcast. This is Cody Kelly. Hey, 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 it's Neil Huntley. We're so happy that you come back to join us for some more Reverend Abling. I'm going to start out the podcast by once again talking about weather. Yes. Okay. But you know why? Why? I shouldn't be able to turn on my AC and my heat within the same week. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, like pretty much as of this recording, the weather outside is uh, not that great, to be uh, honest. 45 degrees and raining, to be yeah. exact. Yes. Whereas this past weekend, it was in the mid-70s and, and sunny. Yeah, yeah, I mean... And it was nice. Last Tuesday when I came in here to record, I had on you know my work uniform. I was hot and sweaty and uh, sticky from working outside. And, right. And today, I I, mean, I came in with my big furry Carhartt on. So yeah, I, mean, I know, it's, man. It's, it's crazy, you know? You know, I I need to have a sign that says, you know, it's not COVID, it's just allergies. And sometimes it needs to say it's not COVID. I just live in North Carolina where the weather's, you know, just, you know, possessed. So (laughs) I don't know what's going on, man. But I'll try not to talk about weather one more, any more times on this podcast today. All right. So (laughs) what's new with you, Cody? Well, man, let's see. Um, Not too much. I, uh, I was actually planning on going to winget games this past weekend because they were playing a series at home again this past weekend and it was unfortunately postponed due to covid Uh-oh. although i think when i read it on their website it wasn't winget i think it was uh katabas like someone on their program got covid and then just so they just postponed the series so that was a kind of unfortunate because i was looking forward to some more baseball salisbury That's <laughs> p- pitiful absolutely pitiful <laughs> i mean but you know, it obviously kind of stinks, you know, because I was looking forward to more baseball. And plus, this series was supposed to be like the last games at home for like almost two weeks. Yeah. So, you know, like I was looking forward to having one more series before they were going to go on the road for the next week and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So that was obviously something, you know, that I kind of didn't like. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. But whenever they choose to reschedule that, I just hope it's back in Winget and they don't just change their mind saying, oh, let's go to Salisbury and play over there. I'm like, no, you need to play at home. <laughs> That's I mean, right. I mean, well, like part of the reason why I say that is because I looked at the schedule like before the season started and we have like hardly any games at home this year. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, like probably like two thirds of our games are on the road mm-hmm. this year, which I don't know why you would schedule a schedule. Like well, that. It's, and it's like with uh, Winget football, too. They only have two home games. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're, they're playing a very small schedule. Yeah, no, extremely small schedule. Speaking of them, they they went over to Barton. Barton, this past, this past oh my week, goodness, whooped them. Oh yeah, fifty five fourteen. So yeah, so I mean, and that's that's what's going. That's what it's going to be with the D two sports this year. It's going to be very yeah. condensed. It's going to make zero sense. It's going to be so fluid that you know it's you know you won't even know if the game's going on until the first pitch. You know, yeah, pretty or much. until the first kickoff or whenever it's going to be. But that's just unfortunately that's that's the world that we live in now. Yes, um, unfortunately as of right now that's that's the way things are with Division Two sports. But hopefully here that'll change next season by the time next season rolls around for all these different sports. Hopefully that'll be a little bit different. But other than that though, I wasn't feeling too well this past weekend, and I was actually wondering if I was going to be able to record with you but i did wake up this morning feeling a lot better good i promise you that it wasn't covid i'm not gonna be like you last week where you like you like i'm not gonna be like you last week where you like scare me half to death about covid or something (laughs) like that you know so i you know but just to say up front i did not have covid i just wasn't feeling the greatest this past weekend but i'm feeling a lot better today yeah so now we're here it's just that time of year 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, like that's the one thing that I don't like about when it changes to springtime is all, all this uh, not feeling well and just being sick or just feeling weird comes up every once in a while. That's so. right. You know, oh, 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 once again, we're talking about the no, weather. No, no, no. We passively talked about weather right there. We didn't, you, you, you said weather. Okay. I, I wasn't going to say it. You said it. So I didn't talk about weather anymore. You talked about it. I'm standing, I'm standing firm on my goals. Okay. Well, yeah, true there. Yes, yeah, true. But okay. Anyway, so we're, we're going to pass talking about that, but you know, but that was pretty much the way my week went. Not really too much happened other than the usual, you know, but I don't want to keep mentioning the usual because I'm sure everyone's getting tired of hearing me say school and blah, blah, blah. So, but yeah, that was pretty much what happened for me, man. So how about you? Um, Friday night, I went up to Concord to uh, hang out with James, our buddy James. Oh, yeah. on the show a few times. Um, he, you know, he's a youth pastor up at Parkwood Baptist in right, Concord. Yeah. And we were um, hanging out for his D-Now weekend that they had, which was really cool. I only got to go on Friday. Friday was the only time I could really commit to going and helping out. And uh, really was just able to sit back and take it all in and see, you know, how a D-Now weekend works, which is short for Discipleship Now. It's uh, like a, okay. It's like a pretty much a modern youth tent revival at your church, you know, where you're, okay. you're just constantly in Scripture. You're doing, a, you know, really – a good amount of fellowship with the students that are there, but you're you're doing more than just hanging out and talking. Like you're in your small groups, you're listening to the speaker, you're you're deep into the word, and you have fun along the way as well. Right. And uh, they they had a really good cool. they had a really good time. Had a really good group of kids that came. Um, it, it was a little slim on Friday just because Cabarrus County had some football Friday night football going on, uh, and uh, they only have I think four games in Cabarrus County this year. Oh, so it was kind of hard to tell the guys. So it's kind of hard to say, yeah, yeah. It's right. kind of hard to tell the guys. Hey, won't you miss one of your four football games, especially if they're like a senior or something? Right. You know? Yeah. But I talked to James on Sunday afternoon on his way home. He was very tired, as I could tell. Oh yeah, and um, I bet. As you could guess, and but he said they had a great crowd Saturday, huge bonfire. Um, got to meet some of the guys that he invited there too. Um, Noah, who's with Youth Commission, was really cool, and their speaker Kevin, he was cool as well. And yeah, it was just a um, overall great weekend. And that's but, good, man. So that was that was a good um, that was a good thing. That uh, wow, I'm blanking for a second, but it's okay. You can keep it in here because I'm gonna keep on rolling. That was a, that was a good. Uh, way to do the weekend because Thursday I got some very unfortunate news. Oh no! Uh, that has to do with me and our other uh, friend of the program, Mr. Parrish McLeod. We're not going to be able to go to Martinsville. Okay. Well, that was something that I thought you posted on the tweet. I couldn't exactly tell, but that's what I figured that was. Man, that's unfortunate, yeah. man. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, um, I'm not going to get political or say my opinion about it, but <laughs> you can probably tell what my opinion might be. Um. Unfortunately, the the governor of the um, Commonwealth of Virginia, because Virginia is a, a commonwealth, not a state. Didn't know if you knew that. Um, I did not know that. But the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia has it right now. His COVID regulations are thirty. I think it's thirty or forty percent capacity for outside venues or one thousand people, whichever is less. Well, that's his. In most cases, that's going to be towards a thousand. Exactly. Um, but like, if it's a big thing. Martinsville is a forty-four thousand seat capacity racetrack. Right. And they're only letting a thousand people in. Wow. That's two percent capacity. 
Wow. And, <laughs> that ain't, um, that ain't you, much. You can tell what my opinion is by the sound of my voice. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep it in my pocket today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, good, the good thing is they did give us um, a credit back of what we would have spent for tickets. Oh, nice. So I don't have like a full-on refund in my bank account yet, but they gave us like a NASCAR account. Okay. Because, the, I mean, of course, you can imagine the phone lines at Martinsville were going through crazy the, because yeah. of, you know, going we weren't nuts. the only people that got denied. And it finally, I got in touch with a guy that works for NASCAR down in Daytona that I was talking to on the phone. Oh, okay. And he said they had people that were like repeating, you know, fans for like 20 years that they, they didn't get in. Oh, which wow. Which I think is crazy too. But they did give us a credit of the, of like the full amount of the tickets plus 20% of that. So oh, we have nice. 120% credit towards a list of a few races in the future. And right now, me and Parrish are deciding, do we want to go to the fall race at uh, Martinsville, which is on Halloween night? Okay. Or um, we'll go and go next spring, when it'll be next April. So okay. um, it's, a, it's a safe thing that to go next April because, you know, it'd be somewhat nice weather and things like that. Right. But what's really tempting in the fall race right. is it that's the semifinal. That's like the second to last race of the season. Oh. So that's the cutoff race to see who's the final four drivers into the championship. So okay. that would be a really high stakes race right. to go to. That makes sense. So if I could find some coverage for church Sunday that day, oh, I might be going to Martinsville that day. Yeah. But I mean, hey. at least we have some choices. I know that's kind right. of a boring story, but I was just kind of letting everybody know that Unfortunately, oh no, it's all right. Uh, if you if you don't hear me say, hey, by the way, I, I didn't go to Martinsville. There you go. Okay. So, so yeah, well, that's but, kind of unfortunate. But it I was, though. but and it's understandable. Just going back to it's the world we live in right now. You know, right. So, but we'll get through it. We'll be fine. And who knows? Maybe come October, we'll nobody will have to wear a mask at a racetrack or anywhere else we go. You hey. know? we don't know. We'll see when we get there because we're we'll not there see. yet. Um, but yeah, um, shout out to James one more time. He knocked it out of the park with his D now weekend. I was only there for one night, like I said, but I told him 10 minutes in because I saw how fun it was that, um, that we're, we'll definitely be partnering up next year. Yeah. For sure. Uh, sounds awesome, man. That's cool. Oh, um, I got a cool story, but I'll, I'll save it for sports. All oh. right, cool. All so, right. That's so, cool. Um, Cody's got the Devo coming up in just a minute and then we'll talk some sports. All right, man, let's do it. All right, and we're back. Welcome to this week's Double Play Devo. And this week, like Neil said just a minute ago, it'll be me presenting this week's uh, for you guys. So basically what this week's Double Play Devo is about is that there is a purpose for all of our trials that we go through. Okay. And I understand that maybe I have a theme going where I kind of mention stuff like this every time I, I do it, but something that... Well, if it's near and dear to your heart, heart. you're going to want to talk about it. So yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, of course. And like, um, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because you know this past weekend I said I wasn't feeling too well, and I was a little bit concerned because it was something that I thought was going to happen longer than just to today. You know, like I thought it was going to last some a little bit longer. Like sure. I'm not going to go all in depth or anything like that. You know, just because you know I just I don't really want to. I understand. <laughs> I mean, but basically, I just kind of wanted to start out by saying that there are times throughout our lives that we go through things and we just we just don't understand why we're going through the things that we're going through you know and basically whenever we do go through things we we want usually one of several things it's like 
you know, we either want one or several of these things. We either want uh, clarification, obviously, as to why we're going through them. Yeah. We want them to get better as quickly as they can, or we just straight up just say, okay, just just get me out of this in any way possible or whatever, obviously. Um, I, I think no matter how old we are, you know, physically on earth, mm-hmm. like no matter what our age is, um, I think sometimes our human nature when it comes to questioning God is that of like a 12-year-old kid. Why? But why, Mom? Right. That's not fair. Doesn't make any oh, yeah. sense. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Why? 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 That's 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 how sometimes sometimes how we are, whether we want to admit it or not. That's how we are with God sometimes, and when our oh, yeah. selfish human sinful spirit. Oh, for, for sure, man. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's just like we just, you know, it's well, like you said, you know, like, what I what did I do to deserve the things I'm going through? And a lot of times. I mean, well, like there are obviously times where maybe we can think like, okay, well, maybe I did this and maybe this is the result. Yeah. But, you know, there are times where, you know, we just feel like, okay, I just honestly don't get why we're going through what we're going mm-hmm. No through. offense to any of the 12-year-olds I know at church, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. Same here. Well, well, like I was in your shoes not too long ago. Trust me. <laughs> yes. But uh, with that being said, you know, I just want to talk today just to remind, obviously, myself but it's all our viewers as well that there is a purpose for all the things that we go through and today i'm going to list several reasons as to why we go through what we go through but first i want to read out of first peter chapter one and i want to read verses three through eight now kind of a little bit of a backstory and i promise this backstory won't take as long as two weeks ago's backstory (laughs) your backstory on joseph started with moses yes Yes, for sure. <laughs> okay. Yes, for sure. But anyway, so like basically the backstory here is that oh. the, the, there are people, there are Christians that are, like I said, kind of just going through times where they just don't understand why they're going through the trials or just the stuff that they're going through and they just don't understand why why they're going through what they've gone through. Maybe they're asking like, what did they do to go through this or, you know, whatever. And so they're talking to Peter about it. And this is basically Peter's response to the, those questions that people are telling him. Or gotcha. Him. Okay. So you ready for me to read it? Yes. All right. It says, Blessed be the God and, our, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen you, love. Though now though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah, so like basically just to kind of summarize these verses into you know, in, into a couple of sentences and then I'll kind of get in more in depth into what all was said in just a minute, you know, but basically what Peter said in these verses is that he's, he's praising God for who he is 
and all the things that he does, Mm -hmm. you know, just by saying that, yes, we go through different trials and struggles in our life, but he's just praising God for who he is and how God can help you through these trials and what God is doing through these trials and the purposes of them. Right. So just to kind of list off a few of these purposes for our, for our trials, because there are several of them mentioned in just these few verses, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of the first one I wanted to mention is kind of found in verses six and seven. Like this isn't any particular order. So don't think I just skipped the first few verses of this just to get to this one. But okay. like, you know, but one of the things that I liked that Peter said is that he even goes as far as to say that, the, the genuineness or the proof, as it's said in other versions, there's a lot of different words for this, or the proof of our faith will become more valuable than gold or silver because, like it mentions in, in the scripture too, it's being tested by fire, which is going mm-hmm. through our trials. It's like the purpose or one of the purposes of why we go through our trials is that so we can grow and develop in our faith and the genuineness of it will become more will become stronger and more valuable than it would have been beforehand i mean it's like there are a bunch of things that are made here on earth that if they didn't go through a particular process to Mm -hmm. get to that point like gold or silver or other precious metals or other valuable things if they didn't go through a certain process they wouldn't look like or they wouldn't become what they are now yeah and the same thing applies to why we go through what we go through is that if we didn't go through our trials we couldn't develop into our faith the way that god wants us to develop our faith for later on in life sure you know so that's kind of one of the purposes of why we go through what we go through a second purpose of why we go through what we go through is also mentioned in there is that it also tests our level of devotion that we have to god like how it kind of tests how close our relationship is with them, you know, because, you know, we all have come across people every once in a while where, you know, we're like, they're cool hanging out with you as long as they can get something in return mm-hmm. or just they, they're cool with hanging out with you until things go bad mm-hmm. and then they'll leave right. and they'll kind of leave you out to dry. You know, with that being said, there are times where we cry for frankly, when the times get tough or when times are going good, I mean, excuse me, we'll just kind of do our own thing, kind of chilling out. I mean, like God's there, you know, but we're not like developing that close relationship with him, like in the last point. And so that's why when times are tough, it kind of tests that relationship that we have with God, because whenever we're going through tough times, a lot of the time, or actually all the time, when we're going through something really tough, as Christians, or even just as people in general, we don't have a choice but to turn to God because He's the only one who mm-hmm. is with us through all the things, the good and the bad, right. no matter what it is. Yeah. So as bad as that sounds, it's one of the best ways to show how strong our faith is and our devotion to God is is by going through difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that I've learned, you know, recently as well as just in the past. You know, too is yeah. that one of the purposes of why we go through what we go through is to test that level of devotion of God. And then when we're coming across the other side of that kind of changes our perspective. Well, it also says in scripture to count uh, various trials as a blessing, you know, because it's, you're, you're given the opportunity to show how somebody of your faith can go through those trials, you know, right. That should be considered a blessing because keeping your faith through tough times will show, will give a good reflection to those around you to say, wow, 
they went through all that and they're still as faithful as they are. Right. Then, then that'll make an impact on people that see that. But Absolutely. one thing that makes me think about that, and I'll let you keep going on your points in just a second. Oh, no, you're um, good, man. Was when I was in high school, my freshman year, one of my buddies, his sister was a senior. Two weeks before graduation, she passed away in a car accident. Okay, oh, wow. Just one morning on the way to do some clinical stuff for, for, for a class at high school. She was on the way to do something like a little um, doctor's office. I can't remember right off what it was. But she overcorrected and and had an accident uh, and and she passed away in the car accident you know just that quick gone you know she was there that morning and she didn't come home that evening you know it's just that quick that she was gone and somebody you know somebody would have every right in the world just to be full-on depressed full-on you know hysterically crying non-stop mad maybe even angry at god you know for something along those lines right her parents, they were, they got, they had their emotions. Of course, they lost their daughter, you know? Yeah, of course. But they stood so strong in that type of trial, that absolute tragedy of a trial. And they stood firm, stood faithful, and they made a great impact on people that saw how they were in that awful, awful tragedy, you know? And I think about that to this day when stuff like this is, is talked about. Up. Oh, yeah. Wow, I mean, yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty amazing story, man, for yeah. sure, absolutely. And it's and it's also nice that you brought up that point about having an impact on other people because that's another one of my points I'm gonna bring. Oh, in, I'm sorry. In just a minute. Oh no, man, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good, man. I mean, but like that is another reason why we go through what we go through is <clears> just to test that level of our faith that we have with God and the closeness of that faith. Is, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, it's that through our circumstances we can that we can show other people as well. So that's mm-hmm. definitely something I think is really cool. You know, and just to kind of keep on discussing these points, uh, a third point I want to bring up is that another purpose of going through our trials is that it purifies our life. It kind of or purifies our faith. It kind of brings us back to reality. Kind of gives us, in a sense, a slap in the you know mm-hmm. a, a slap in the face. Oh, kind yeah. of like, okay, this is something that you're going through. Now you need to look to me and just. Not, not worry about what one what's going on, but two, not worry about the other circumstances that mm-hmm. aren't as important in your life, and just focus on big slice of humble pie. That's for sure. Exactly for sure. And there have definitely been a couple of times for me where I've had to have a big slice of humble pie too. Yeah, I know. had extra whipped cream on mine one time. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like there are times where we just you have that kind of slap in the mouth, and once that happens, it'll kind of lean us back into that direction of okay, let me let me go to God with this issue, you know, and, and then once that happens, the physical circumstances won't seem nearly as important as the, as the spiritual circumstances. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Is basically what I'm saying. Sure. As well. And, uh, you know, a fourth point that I want to bring up is that it also, it shows how strong uh, God is in our mm-hmm. lives as well. I, I mean, it's like when we're going through something, we may feel like overwhelmed because of what we're going through or, or because of the struggle or just because of the circumstances we're going through and just one, knowing that God's there, like I mentioned earlier, but two, the fact that he can help you through it just shows how powerful he is and all the things that he can and will do because of those circumstances. Mm-hmm. So that's something else I thought that was yeah, really cool. Absolutely. You know, and then a the fifth purpose, I, I got 
I got this one, and then I got one more. I got more than three points today, so I'm not. So you're a double Baptist today. Yes, I am. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes, I am for sure. But like, um, you know, but the fifth, a fifth purpose of why we go through what we go through is that it provides us opportunities to build up a Christ-like character. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously develop our faith to be more like Christ. I know I kind of already mentioned that a couple times, but you know, like when we go through what we go through, it provides us an opportunity to develop that relationship and just become more like Christ because of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I know I've already mentioned that a couple of times, but you know, that was something else I thought that was really important is that, you know, when we go through our own, our own personal struggles and circumstances, it gives us opportunities. Like notice I said opportunities, you know, cause people don't always take those opportunities. Yeah. You know, it's like when we go through hard times, it gives us an, an opportunity to say, okay, that this is something I'm going through. Like I mentioned earlier, God's the only one that can bring us through it. And it gives us an opportunity to develop that Christ-like character and that Christ-like thinking about your circumstances. Well, think about Job. I mean, talk about some trials, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, dude lost everything. He lost everything. Absolutely everything. Turned to God, trusted God, and he got back double, sometimes even triple what he had, you know? Oh, yeah. And so it just shows you how, if you're faithful in those trials, how one, how mighty God is, and two, how it can build up your God-like character, you know? Not right. saying that we are God, but, you know, being walking examples of the, the God that we serve. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely, for sure. You know, and then the last point that I want to bring up is kind of something that, you know, that we just talked about a few minutes ago is that one of the reasons, and this is one of the main reasons, obviously these other reasons are really important too, but as far as impacting other people, that's another purpose of why we go through what we go through is that it not only helps us equip us, but it helps us equip others. It allows us opportunity to equip and comfort others that are going through maybe the same or a very similar circumstance to what we're going through. You know, there's, it's really hard to think of four words that mean a lot to somebody than I have been there. Mm -hmm. Because when you're explaining something to somebody and you just feel like, there's no one else who can relate to this or knows what I'm talking about or whatever. But just knowing the phrase or just saying the phrase, I've been there. I understand what you're going through. I've been through something very similar or the same exact thing you've been going through. That comfort that that brings to other people, you know, and like you mentioned earlier, the impact that that mm-hmm. has on other people by by mentioning the five things I mentioned earlier and this, going through all those circumstances, but having that positive attitude despite circumstances and showing that it impacts people for sure. I mean, like you said, with that story about the parents of that girl who died, yeah, their positive perspective and their Christ-like perspective on, on that situation had a major impact, I'm sure, on a lot of people. Oh, it did. And, you know, and on an entire community, on an entire community. And obviously that included you as well, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, that, that happened, but you still talk about it. Oh, yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget that now. Now, who knows? I mean, and they probably had, you know, I give them every right to go in their own homes and just sob. I can't, I can't right. think of a reason why they wouldn't, you know, and I'm sure it's, they still think about it to this day. But I mean, the way that they held so strong in the public eyes, in their public eyes and with people that they were close to, man, I mean, uh, I'm still talking about it. It gives me chills just thinking about it. And yeah, it it definitely made an impact on the whole, the whole community around Anson County for sure. 
But I mean, I'm sure you, of that man. You 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 hit it right on. You hit the nail right on the head today. I mean, these trials that we go through, it sometimes we want to scream, "Why?" You know, it doesn't make no sense. It's not fair, but right. it does make sense. It's fair because it happens to everybody. Okay? Oh yeah. And why? Everybody every day. You'll find out why eventually. Oh yeah. Because you're going to get stronger through it. God's going to be glorified through it, and somebody might be led to Christ because of it. All right, it is sports time. Time to update y'all on the week that was in the world of sports. This is the, the weekly, weekly score. Bat it around. Gordon Hayward, one man to beat. Punch oh. it down on the top of Fox. Pop diddly dee. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. That'll leave a mark on De'Aaron Fox emotionally. What about them Charlotte Hornets? What dude? about them Charlotte Hornets, man? A very close dramatic game against the Sacramento Kings once again. Yeah, on Monday night, man, what a wonderful game that was. I, I was getting some stuff ready for church and was kind of on my iPad playing some things. We had just got Graham down not too long before that because daylight saving times and two-year-olds, you know, some oh, yeah. mixing oil and water. And finally I, I, was able, imagine. I was able to catch like the last two or three minutes of it. And, man, I was so glad I was able to turn that game on. Yeah, man. Wow. Absolutely. Well, what was crazy about that game was that was the first lead the Hornets had had the entire game. Yeah. I mean, well, like, what was so frustrating is that there were several times before that where we would get within, like, one point and we couldn't tie. And it happened probably, like, three or four times before that dunk, the the, uh, the Gordon Hayward dunk. That was the audio you, you were just hearing a minute ago. Oh, yeah, courtesy of Fox Sports South. Don't sue us. Kirk, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Absolutely. But, like, you know, I mean, but that was the first lead the Hornets have and it, the Hornets had in that game, and it came with, like, Two and a half, three minutes left in the game, you know, so that was pretty insane for sure. Although one thing I will say about that game is that the refs completely missed a backcourt call on Terry Rozier. Yes, they did. They, they we, missed that, but hey, that's we, cool with me. We I, never catch those breaks, and we called it, and I couldn't believe it. And yes, yeah, same here. I, we, I keep a group text going with James and uh, one of our mutual friends, Rowdy, and we could not believe that that happened because when I saw that live, I was like, "Oh man, that's a backcourt." Yep, and I was like. Oh my gosh, they did not see it. Yep. Okay, whatever, what, I'll what, take it. What was funny is in the group text, me and James are streaming the game. So we're like, you know, 20 seconds behind live. Right. Rowdy's watching it on either he has dish or cable. So he's watching, you know, like live, live. immediate. And so he would text us something and then it would happen for us like 20 <laughs> seconds later. So we were like, Rowdy, stop. You know, hold on a second. <laughs> and then when he, he saw it, he said, he said something about like, y'all just wait. And me and James at the same time were like, oh boy, we got away with that one. So, yeah, man. But yeah, solid win for the Hornets against the Kings on Monday night. Very solid. They are, what, two games above 500 right now? Yes, a 20 and... 18. 18 as yeah. of this recording, Which yes. is a six, six seed or five seed. I think last I checked, we're in sixth place. Yeah, right there with the Celtics. And like the dead, Knicks. Dead even with Celtics and Knicks right now. Yes. Yeah. So, man, it's, it's getting fun. I'll tell you it's what. It's getting the, really fun. The, the personality that this team has is so much fun. It's I, so fun I, to watch, I, dude. I can't wait to go to the game with you that we have. That's in late April, right? Yes. It's, it's, uh, 
Yes, it is against the Bucks. So Giannis in person, you know, which is funny because we were looking at tickets and we were looking at Lakers tickets and we're like, nope, never mind. Nope, 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 nope. You know, and I need we about, were like, nope, never mind. We're going to go see the Bucks instead. Four more stimulus checks for I'm comfortable spending <laughs> $500 on the Hornets tickets. Yes. So. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. That's a fact. Yes. But anyway, so bringing up the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. I'm going to talk power rankings just for a couple minutes. But then after that, I want to bring up a trade rumor Okay, about the Charlotte Hornets. I have some I have some NBA news for you too, Cody. Oh, really? Um, this, as of right now, as of Tuesday, March the 16th, you, which is my cousin Kaylee's birthday, I need to text her. I just realized that. Oh, okay. Sorry, Kaylee. Um, <laughs> this is a LeBron James podcast now. Yes, it is. Because LeBron as, James as podcast of Tuesday, now. LeBron James has bought a share as part owner of your Cody Kelly's Boston Red Sox. When when I went on Twitter and it was, and this was probably like a half hour before we started recording, and I looked at Twitter like right before the show started, and I saw that Jeff Passan. You know, if you know Jeff Passan, he's the dude on ESPN who talks all the MOB stuff on ESPN. He's like the main dude. You know, why like basically if you want a comparison, he's like the Adam Schefter yeah, of, of baseball of baseball yeah. on ESPN. So when I heard that tweet, I'm like, it's official. My worst nightmare of sports has oh, come no, true. Oh, no, no. We will never slander LeBron James on here ever again. Never. Okay, maybe you can. Oh, well, I can, but you can't. I, I was about to say, Don't like, disrespect your boss like that. You can't, but I unfortunately can't uh, talk uh, junk about LeBron James anymore. So, yes, it's official. He is officially part of the Boston Red Sox organization. Now, pretty much the only thing he's got to do now is grab a bat and Pinch it for for a game and it'll be official. That's right. He'll That's be officially right. on the team. Yeah, you know. So LeBron, you know, if I'm sure, I'm sure you're an avid listener of ours. We appreciate you know the the um, support, and uh, <laughs> we just we disavow any you know irreverent uh, joking uh, smack talk whether we've said in the past. So um, Co- Cody's happy to have you, and yeah, uh, sure. he's he's gonna call you yes sir from now on out. Uh, sure. Why not? All right. Yes. Back to the power wing. power. Power rankings. Back <laughs> to the power rankings. Yes. Power rankings. Yes, Neil, the power rankings. As of last week, I know I told you that the Brooklyn Nets went up to number one. Well, newsflash, they are still number one. Well, I'll Just seen, to let you know that. I've seen on your sheet that they are nine and one their last ten. Mm. So Nine and one their last ten. Kind well, of like, fair. Like once I saw that this week, I'm like, okay, now I can kind of understand a little bit more why they're number one. Just because yeah. they, they play really well recently. You know, but just to name the top ten real quick. The Nets are number one. The Philadelphia 76ers are number two. The Phoenix Suns are number three. Number four is the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe they're not top three just based off record. But, yeah, for real. Yeah, but anyway. Well, <laughs> their last ten, they're kind of struggling too. But that was something I was fixing to say. They are five and five in their yeah. last ten games. You know, So with that in mind, I do understand why they're ranked number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five is the Lakers. Who are four and six in their last ten, so that kind of makes sense why they're ranked yeah, that's, fifth. That's your favorite team now. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know. And then number six is the Bucks. Number seven is the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh-huh. Number eight is the Dallas Mavericks. Impressive. Yeah, no, well, it's actually they pretty are, good for they them. They're on a little streak too. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. And then number nine is the Denver Nuggets, who the Charlotte Hornets are playing on Wednesday. So yesterday, as of when this podcast released, okay, they haven't played them yet. So in the future, but in the past at the same time. Yes. Doc Brown from Wow, Back my mind was future. Exploring. He was just, you know, 1.21 gigawatts. He'd freak out right now. But yeah. Yes, for sure. And the number 10 is the Boston Celtics. 
Gotcha. And just in case, if you're wondering where the Charlotte Hornets are at, you know 15, I got 15, 16. We are ranked 15. So hey! We won up. Yay! All right. The Hornets are ranked 15th, and through their last 10 games, they are 7-3, and three, which is actually one of the best 10-game stretches I've seen from them this season. Yeah, they're, you know, they're doing really well. Which is very nice to see, for sure. So, with that being said, though, there is one trade rumor concerning the Charlotte Hornets that I Ooh, wanted to bring up. Please do tell. Now... Okay, now before I say this, this was only on a couple websites, so I can't confirm it's on more than just one website. Mm-hmm. But I got this from swarmandsting.com. Yeah, swarmandsting. Yeah, they're credible. Yeah. yeah. swarmandsting.com. And it says that the Charlotte Hornets are interested in a trade or a potential trade for Pacers center Miles Turner. Ooh. Which is something I would definitely like because Dude. that was because that was one thing that I noticed whenever we played the Pacers, I was like, man, Miles Turner is really good. I wish we could get him. I mean, but I didn't think, you know, we would even have close of a shot. Yeah. But just the fact that the Hornets are interested in training for a center is just very nice to see that they are actually seeing the same things I'm seeing. I mean, I'm not anyone special, but I just think it's nice that what I'm seeing actually does make sense. I don't know who the front office – well, I know it Larry Bird involved in the front office in Indiana I'm pretty sure somehow. He, I mean, like he's involved with their their organization somehow because he's from Indiana, isn't yeah. he? he did coach them for a little while. Uh-huh. But Larry Bird, yeah. um, I know you're also along with LeBron James, a very avid listener of Reverend Babel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so – if you're hearing this, I'll help. Uh, I'll help talk about this trade and kind of negotiate, and I will personally drive Bismack Biombo to Indianapolis myself. Hey, so that nice, seems pretty fair. Yeah, you don't man, have absolutely. to pay me anything. I'm doing it for for my for my enjoyment as well. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, but uh, just a couple of facts concerning this trade. There are obviously other teams interested in Miles oh, Turner. Oh yeah, and some of those other teams include the Knicks, the Pelicans, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Are are four other teams that have also expressed interest in yeah. in Miles Turner, which makes sense. Yeah. Define let's define expressed interest though. It's like, oh, there's a YouTube video of Miles Turner. Oh, he's pretty good. Is that expressed interest? Or uh, it's, hey, um prob- let's talk some trades. Um According to this article, that information has not exactly been determined yet, but at least know that there are a few other teams that are interested in Miles Turner as well as the Hornets. I obviously hope the Hornets get Miles Turner just because if there's one thing that I will say that the Hornets have not been great at this season is point allowing points in the paint. Yeah. And that was very evident in the game against Sacramento. I mean, of course, that's been evident in a lot of games we played this season, you know, but obviously, you know, looking at the most recent game as of this recording, the game against the Kings was definitely evident of just showing that we we allow a lot of points in the paint, and that definitely showed against teams like Sacramento, you know, which kind of says, like, okay, if this is something that is seen against Sacramento, a team that's in the grand scheme of things isn't that good, then what about other teams that are like playoff caliber teams? Yeah. You know, because as of right now, the season would end, the Hornets would be in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. You know, just so just kind of keeping that in mind, how much of this under-the-basket defense can be changed? And I just think that a guy like Miles Turner can definitely help that out because Miles Turner is not known for his offense. You know, just looking at stats real quick, in 36 games this season, he has averaged 13.2 points a game, 6.6 rebounds, and 3.4 blocks a game, which is actually very impressive. He's averaging over three blocks a game. Absolutely. You know, but Miles Turner is known more for his defense, which is definitely something the Hornets need because this is something I've said on the show before. The Hornets don't necessarily need another point score. We got a ton of those on the team. What we really need is just really good 
paint defense, rim defense, and certainly a guy like Miles Turner would definitely help. Mm-hmm. With that being said, this is one more thing I'm going to mention, and then we'll change our topic. But one thing I will say is that game, Miles Turner is not going to be very cheap, though. No, no. I mean, like, Miles Turner is not going to be very cheap, I mean, obviously for asking price. But as far as his contract goes, he is set to make $17.5 million until 2023 per season. That's not that's not like, bad which isn't bad. Be, yeah, you know, like which isn't bad. We could get some. We could get rid of some expiring mm-hmm. deals for that. But you know, like what I'm saying is that you would definitely Bismarck. have to. You would definitely have to give up one of your point scores, in my opinion. Not like a not like a big name, but you have to give up somebody <clears throat> like Monk, like like a Monk type of player. Yeah, you know, like someone who's not like a superstar. Don't you send a Monk Biombo and a second round pick. Boom. Hey, yeah, that, that would be a trade I would call Indiana right now with that trade and just see what they think. I mean, like, nothing against Malik Monk, but what I'm saying is is that if you want the well, yeah. rim defense to get better, you're going to have to give up something. Sure. You know, and like I just mentioned a minute ago, we got a lot of point scorers on the yes. team. I mean, like, and obviously Monk is one of the best point scorers off the bench, probably the best point scorer off the bench that we have. But if that means that we sacrifice a little bit of point scoring for some more rim defense, that is definitely a trade I would take for oh, sure. Oh, Absolutely. All right, Cody, let's talk some left turns. We were out in the desert once again this weekend. We just were in a different desert. Okay. We were in Phoenix this weekend, way out in the desert right there. You know, there's a really cool looking mountain right there off in the, in the backdrop of the racetrack at Phoenix Raceway. All right, question. Yes. Was there any snow? No. Well, the reason why I'm asking is because my sister lives in Arizona, and the other day she sent me, uh, or she posted pictures of, like, snow. Snow? At, at what they're at. Yeah, I know. Snow in March in Arizona. I'm pretty sure it's just so hot down there that the clouds just turned to ashes. That's probably what she saw. Well, hey. Wouldn't <laughs> surprise me, for sure. No, I, I, I looked it up, what the temperature was the other day, because they talked about how the... The sunshine could have made the racetrack slick because it might have been a little extra heat on the track. Right. Uh, so I Googled it. Well, it was like low 60s. I was like, that's beautiful weather out there with no humidity or nothing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the sunshine's still very warm down there, even though it's 60 degrees. But Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no no snow, that's for sure. Okay. Um, the really cool thing about this track, Cody, is that they kind of reconfigured how the track layout was. So it's not your traditional oval. It's, oh, really? It's, it's, it's an oval but kind of triangular shaped at the same time. Hmm. It's very, it's very unique to say the least. Okay. And they used to have, they used to have the start finish line on the back stretch, which is what it was now the back stretch. And, and then the front stretch, right. As what is now the front stretch was the back stretch. So they kind of just like flip flopped it. Okay. They have, they have the uh, start finish line almost in the middle of a turn, which is kind of cool. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And they have a wide open, Space, there's no grass, no grass infield at this racetrack. Obviously, oh, really? You're in the hmm. desert. You know, a lot of well, tracks have grass infields and stuff like that. Right. But this one's just solid asphalt that goes all the way down, and there's a huge gap between the the solid white line at the, on the track and the pit and the, the pit wall. Uh-huh. And so what they can do, especially on turns one and two, is they can cut that corner off. Ooh. Like, they can dip below they can, that line because it's a white line. It's not a yellow line. Uh, they can dip below that line, cut that corner, and, and cut 
basically cut 50 feet off of the track and make it a shorter track. Right. Now, it depends on where you are on the track, what position you're in, right. how fast you're going, as to is that going to give you an advantage or not to kind of cut that off and get right back on the track. You know what I mean? Right, of course. So, But usually you see these guys do it on restarts pretty good or at the beginning of the race to see if it gives them any advantage at all. But I've never seen somebody dip down so low as I did Brad Keselowski to start this race Sunday. Really? What he did was like immediately, because like, they have to stay in, in a grid, you know, uh-huh. before a green flag, because you're still under caution. And they can't go until they get to that restart zone, in which that's when they drop green flag, you know? And so as soon as green flag dropped, <laughs> like literally the moment Brad Keselowski saw that green flag, because he was starting on the pole, by the way, oh. <laughs> he dipped down below that line. I guarantee you he was probably within four, three or four feet of that corner of that pit wall. Oh, wow. That's how close, that's how much he cut off. I've seen people cut that corner hundreds of times. Never seen anybody get that close. Wow. I mean, that was a huge risk. I texted Paris to me. I was like, dude, he almost got knocked out, The like not even one lap in, uh-huh. which would have been pretty hilarious, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but I was just astounded by that fact, but... Other than that, Cody, the, the the biggest highlight, in my opinion, was the first lap of the race. Oh, really? Um, Martin Truex Jr. won the race, which I'm happy about. I like watching right. Truex um, race. You know, I, when I got back into the sport big time last year, I chose him as my driver just because I wanted to have somebody to cheer for and not just jump on the Kevin Harvick bandwagon, which it would have been really easy, easy to do, you know? Yeah. But um, I, I chose Truex just because he's a cool guy and, you know, Bass Pro Shops looks cool on a race car. You know, it's just a really cool sponsor on a race car. Oh yeah, and so, um, but he ended up winning, which is good for him. He's locked into playoffs. You know, he he was kind of going into the playoffs and surviving by the skin of his teeth last year, and um, not really doing too hot. But now he's at least locked into the first round. And he doesn't have to fight in getting in by points. You know, uh-huh. and so a lot of these guys that now are, he's at least guaranteed a spot. So now he just has to focus on getting as many points as he has the rest it, of the season. Exactly, because that just gives him more of an advantage once he gets into the playoffs. Right. Because when you finish top ten in the end of each stage of these cup races, you get stage points, which go to playoff points. So that'll help you along with your other total points. So the way they keep score of those points is crazy. It's like about, you know, where where'd you finish here? Um, how many laps you may have led, you know, cars you may have passed. Oh, there, wow. There's all kind of ways you can earn points in NASCAR. So, so, so people talk about all the weird stats that said like baseball comes up. Oh with. yeah. There's I, all, there's all kind of crazy uh, formulas and equations in NASCAR. Oh yeah. Before they did this playoff setting for the championship, Cody, you could go the whole year and not win a single race. But if you had the most points in the year, you won the Wisdom Cup because you had the most points because it's a points championship. It's not a wins championship. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Oh, uh, yeah. But see, now basically they have it set up that if you, you have to win that last race to win the championship. Right. Or at least finish higher than the other three guys are in the final four round. You know what I mean? Right. So, but I mean – of course, I missed the last stage because guess what? Started at three thirty again. But I'm not <laughs> going to get on that like I did last week. But I texted Parrish after church and just said, you know, how was the third stage? And he said, eh. I mean, that's really all eh? he could say because the restarts at Phoenix are really fun because they can cut that corner off. Right. But once they get three or four laps in, they get spread out and it's really hard to pass at that track. Bubba Wallace did really good. I'm pretty sure Bubba's finished top ten. I should oh, really? have looked it up on my phone. Um, but he took a pretty 
pretty gutsy uh, bet there at the end to kind of stay out when other people were pitted and lost some track position. But, I mean, all in all, he had a pretty rough start but a really good finish. So um, that's I think that's Bubba's best finish so far with twenty three eleven, which was really cool to see. Yeah, but um, we're on to Atlanta this weekend. Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is a, a mile and a half track. It's similar in some ways to Charlotte and Texas. A lot of those SMI tracks are very similar, similarly built. Right. Um, but that, that's a very fast racetrack. So I'm I'm very excited to see um who will come out winning and maybe we'll have another guy that's punched into the playoffs yeah, this, hey. this Sunday because we haven't had a repeat winner yet. Well that was something I thought that was really cool so far this NASCAR season was that we haven't had a repeat winner yet, which is yeah. really cool. And we've had people like McDowell win, yeah. Christopher Bell win. Yeah, Christopher you know? Bell win a race. So. And uh, Larson would have come back for that to already have your first win and since right. you've been reinstated by NASCAR. I mean, it's 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 lining up to be a really exciting season. It's already been exciting so far, even though Phoenix was a little bit of a dud. Now, I will say this: if they get to the final race this year and it's like it was Sunday, they need to consider moving that championship race again. Right? Because Homestead, so people had their opinions about Homestead. Put on a better show than Phoenix. That's 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 true. So I don't know what what you do in that. I personally would put it at a place like Bristol. You know, somewhere short, a short track where they they, right. they have to just drive aggressive to win that race. That'd be something fun to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like I said, we're on to Atlanta, and oh yeah, I forgot I had a, a funny story that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. So yes, quick, really quick backstory. I was up at James Church in Concord. Okay. Okay. And so I was getting to know some of the guys that were there, some of the people that were helping working, and we went up to there. They call it the FMC. It's it's like the FLC LC. at Midway. And we were in there eating some smoke pit barbecue because the nice. original smoke pit's up there in Concord. Right. And um, this one guy kind of kept walking by and kind of looking at me. And like, and I just didn't think nothing of it. And I was thinking, well, you know, he don't know who I am. I just showed up, started eating food. He's like, who's this weirdo, you know? <laughs> but and the while, while I was there, I had on my Briscoe shirt that you got me. Oh. I had on my Chase Briscoe shirt. And... Um, I got talking to James and that fellow that I saw kind of eye me as he walked by, we ended up meeting and introducing ourselves to each other. And James said, Oh yeah, Neil, by the way, this is such and such. He's the engineer on the nine car at Hendrick Motorsports. What? And the guy said, yeah, nice t-shirt. Cause I had on my, my right. Briscoe Stuart Haas shirt and right. I started laughing. I said, Hey, I said, you get me a shirt with the H on it. I'll wear it. Uh, yeah. Proudly too. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, but, hey. but that was why he was looking at me funny. Like, uh, Who's this guy walk up in here with, with a Briscoe shirt? You know, yeah, I thought that was with pretty a Briscoe shirt on. Yeah. So that, I got a good kick out of that. So I want to share that while we talk NASCAR too. Nice man. All right, things are shaking up in the NFL, Cody. We got some free agency that's happening right yes, now. Yes, we do. Um, we, we've seen the Panthers pick up some, you know, some, I call them foundational roles, offensive line, things right. like that. Nothing too major just yet. I honestly hadn't had a chance to sit down and have an opinion on the signings, whether they're good or bad. Go to Twitter.com and you'll see, yes. you know, polarizing <laughs> opinions about that. But we have some very interesting things within the Panthers division yes. down in NOLA and New Orleans. New New Orleans. Um Drew Bre- we we were right about Drew Brees. The hair plugs meant he was retired. Yes. Okay. So he has officially announced his retirement, which is, you know, a crazy thing to think about now for 
how however many years that he has to be out of the league to be eligible for Canton. We'll talk about well, is he top five? Is he this? Is he that? Uh-huh. Um, Max Kellerman says he's not top five, and people were giving him like, flack for that. Why like top five? What top five all time quarterback? Uh, yeah, yeah. Max Kellerman said he's absolutely not. I don't. Well, I then don't, who would? I didn't be? see his list. I don't know. I don't really give. Max I was about to say. Well, I said one question. Like, who would you put in his place? Yeah, I don't. I guess that's my question. I don't. Uh, I don't really pay that much attention to Max Kellerman because I think well, sometimes I he says stuff just to get a little blip on Twitter. You know, uh-huh. just a little clip. Well, well. Keep in mind, he's the same guy who said five years ago that Tom Brady was going to fall off a cliff, and he's won three Super Bowls since then. So exactly. Exactly. And, That's all I have to say about that. Um, but conveniently, about five or ten minutes after Drew Brees announces his retirement, Taysom Hill gets a new contract yes. with the New Orleans Saints. And on paper, on paper, it looks amazing. Yes. And it looks like, why in the world would you do that? Why would the Saints do this? Yes. Right? Because Adam Schefter tweeted, Saints agreed to what four-year, $140 million extension with Taysom Hill. I was like, Taysom Hill? The Stormin' Mormon? Yes. Taysom Hill? Yeah. For real? $140 million? Yeah, I was about to say, what? And then, not too long after that, yes. Adam Schefter tweeted again, saying that, I and I, I'm not looking at it right off, so I'm kind of paraphrasing, I believe Taysom Hill over the next two years was going to be paid $18 million before this. Okay. And part of this new deal is that it got cut down from 18 to 16. Okay. So it saved $2 million. Yes. Okay. And after these two years of his quote unquote $140 million contract, yes. the rest of it is voidable. So literally, so really, literally, it's a, literally it's a two year, $16 million contract. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. it could be 140. It could be four years, 140. Yes. Million. It could be four but years, 140. What? It ain't going to be, but yeah, no, it's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you can write no. it down. Old takes exposed on Twitter can record me and, and save it for later. That ain't happening. Okay. No, it's so basically it's saying, well, plus two with something else that we'll talk about in just a minute with the saints. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Plus with that, you may go ahead and say that too. Yeah, sure. So, we can go ahead and talk about it now or, or you got something else to say you're talking about with Jameis. Yes. So yeah, so they also re-signed Jameis on Tuesday to a one-year deal. So yes, they did. So now they said, all right, well, Jameis, if you're not if you're no good in a year, you're you're done. Taysom, if you're no good this year, we know that you you'll be done after that. And we might just cut you and go ahead and pay you what we owe you and be done with it. Yeah. And who knows? They might tank and get Sam Howell or somebody. You know. Oh, I mean, man. I mean, think about the turn that this could take, Cody. Literally. Uh, oh yeah. It, it looks great, and, and you know, Taysom Hill was probably ecstatic about it. Then he read the terms and conditions that he, you know, we all look past and just click that we read and accept them. Yes. But he's like, oh. Never mind. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just think of the potential turn that this could take. Oh, yeah. Jameis is not any good, and Taysom is not any good, and who knows, they'll get somebody like Sam, Sam Howell. Howell or just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, like, this whole situation in New Orleans could go 100,000 different ways, and it's definitely something that I look forward to next season because it's like, okay, well, if it's not Taysom, is it Jameis? If it's, okay, well, if it's not Jameis, then – who are you going to take in the draft, depending on draft positioning? Yep. You know, let's just say the Saints do like 500. Would they trade up to get Sam Howell next year? You know, like assuming Sam Howell would still be a top pick, which I think he would be. Yeah. You know, but just, you know, otherwise, like, well, what's the Saints' future at quarterback looking 
like after 15 years of Drew Brees. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, definitely so, something to look forward to. And um, one more thing to talk about NFL free agency. Uh, apparently, Bill Belichick also prints his own money because where's uh, all of a sudden they just have every dime in the world to spend. I mean, well, like uh, pretty much what he did is like he went into like the Madden settings and he just turned like all the salary cap off. Yeah. So he can just do whatever he Which wants. Which is what every normal human being does. If you play franchise mode with salary cap, you're a lunatic. Oh, uh, well, I do. Are you a lunatic? Yes, I am a well, lunatic. You, t- t- like, <laughs> when I do a franchise on any game, I try to keep it realistic. Well, just turn it off and just kind of stay around to give yourself like a $20 million buffer. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That was just no pressure that way. Okay. So, but yeah. Um, but, I mean, they re-signed Cam to approve it deal. Okay. Yes. And now they're giving Cam every weapon he wants. Yes. I mean, he got two of the top tight ends. Yeah, uh, two of the top tight ends in Jonu Smith and Hunter, Hunter Henry, Henry. Yep. who were both starters on their respected teams. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. something. Um, I'm they, trying to just think of these guys off my top. I, they also signed Kendrick Bourne. Bourne. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Which, you know, that that's just kind of there. But, yeah. Well, he he – could potentially, I mean, look what Cam did. I know this was years ago, but look what Cam did with Brenton Burson, okay? And uh, and Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn and, Jr. And, and, uh, Devin Funches. Ed, Kelvin Benjamin. Corey Brown. Yep, Philly Brown. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look what he did with that. He might could do the same thing with Al- Algalor. Or Algalor, however you say it. Al- yeah. He's not an algorithm. Yeah. Algalor. <laughs> um, but I will say this. If you're giving Cam this many options – don't make him run the ball 40 times a game. No. Okay? This is okay, – because at well, first we were like, okay, they re-signed Cam. What are they going to do, run the Army triple option offense? What's going to happen? Yeah, pretty much. That's what they did last year. But now that they're spending Which, all this money, they have weapons for him to throw to. Yes. Well, like just, you know, like just back to your point about the running thing, that was the one thing I was so surprised about. I mean, well, because Tom Brady is anything but a running quarterback. So it just felt like his – it just felt like – in one season, Bill Belichick has changed like everything he ever did. I mean, which I understand Cam Newton's not a Tom Brady type of quarterback. I, I know Cam Newton can run, but that doesn't mean you have to run it 75% of the time. Oh, yeah. But now that he's got all these weapons he can throw to, I think that's definitely going to change. Yeah, and and the crazy things going in New Orleans – and New England, not all the new places. There's not, there's thankfully there's not an NFL team in New Salem right up the road. No. So there's something there'd be something crazy going on there too. Yeah. But this is only the beginning of NFL free agency. All right, Cody, we wouldn't do our listeners justice if we didn't mention real quick some March Madness. Because oh, yeah. this weekend is the first four. Actually, tonight, Thursday, is the first four games. Yes. And then this weekend is the first and second round, okay? Yes, man, I'm I looking mean, forward we to got it. so many basketball games crammed into these next few weekends. It's insane. I'm looking forward to so it, dude. Let's, Can't wait. Let's go through it. I mean, we got the first four tonight, that being Thursday night. Um, we got some 16 seeds matching up against each other and two, uh, two matchups of two 11 seeds going against each other. Yes. Um, we'll start out with um, the one that's starting at 5 o'clock, um, Texas Southern versus Mount St. Mary's. Hmm. Who you got? Well, obviously I don't know a ton about each team. Sure. But I guess if I had to pick one, I guess I'd pick Mount St. Mary's. Yeah. Aren't they in the same conference as Gonzaga? I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, I think they are too. Uh-huh. I mean, well, like, just the fact that they've had that type of competition, I think they would do well in a national tournament, assuming they win this game. Sure. I'm going to go with Texas Southern in that one. Okay. Next one we got Drake 
the going up against the Shockers of Wichita State. Okay. Who you got in that one? Uh, between that one, I got Drake in that one. You got Drake one. in that one? Yes. And I'm not doing it just because to go against you. I was thinking Wichita State okay. just because you, it's really hard to go against Wichita State when it comes to March Madness. Well. No matter what kind of team oh. they got. Well, just because that's true. you see those uniforms and the big NCAA logo on the court, something crazy is bound to happen. Yeah, okay? I mean, hey. Next, we got the team from up in Boontown. Appalachian State playing Norfolk State. Okay. You got in that one. I got App State. Oh, in that yeah. One. We got to cheer for App State for oh, there. Oh, yeah, man. We got, we got to cheer for the Mountaineers. Oh, yeah. And then this is the I've never thought I would see these two teams in the first four. Okay. Yeah. We have UCLA yeah. and Michigan State. That's insane. Going to up me. against each other in the first four. If that doesn't tell you how crazy of a college basketball season this was, yes. let alone with Duke not getting selected in the and Kentucky not being and, in. And Kentucky not being in the tournament either. We got UCLA, who's a blue blood of college basketball. Yes. And Michigan State, who's got Tom Izzo, who's, you know, a legend in in and of himself. In the first four. In the first four. Who got in this one, Cody? That's insane. Oh, man. Like, out of all these matchups, this is definitely the hardest one to choose. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Bruins. You're going with UCLA? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. All right. Cool. I'm going with the Bruins. You? you I, I can't go against Izzo. Well,. I was thinking the same thing, but it's just really hard to not root against or not at least think that or, or just not think a college like UCLA who's known for some pretty good basketball. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, obviously so is Michigan State as well, yeah. but, but, but I could see – I mean, but I could see UCLA winning this game. Yeah, and I, I, I personally just can't go against Izzo, and I have a personal beef with just Pac-12 sports in general. Well, that's that, true. They're overhyped. I don't understand them. They start way too late for me to watch them. Okay, <laughs> I know you keep up with my Twitter sometimes. I don't know if you saw me getting a Twitter argument with some random dude that's an Arizona Wildcats fan. I did not day. see that, no. Um, I basically told him that, you know, the Pac-12 was good in, in the 90s, and they've been mediocre ever since. So, basically, Pac-12 is the Dallas Cowboys of college sports, which <laughs> I think is pretty accurate. So, that's why I'm not picking UCLA. All either. right. All right. That makes so sense. We don't have time to go through every first round matchup just because there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. I will go ahead and throw this out there. Okay. I don't you don't have to give your take on this just yet or your pick. I'm picking Illinois to win the national championship. Really? Okay, I'm just going ahead and throw that out there. You're picking Illinois. I'm picking Illinois to throw to win, to cut down the nets, beat Gonzaga, and win the national championship. Okay. All right. Well, so next week when we when we meet back up and they lose to Drexel, yes. you can laugh in my face. All right, I will. Okay? All right, but with that being said, though, since you gave yours, is it okay if I give yeah, mine? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so my national championship predictions basically the exact opposite of yours. My national championship prediction is going to be Baylor versus Iowa. Okay, and who's winning? Uh, Baylor. Baylor's going to win? Yes. That's a good matchup, too. Yeah. I agree with that. But as we are finishing up this week's uh, weekly score and this week's podcast, Cody, if you could pick one upset, and that's that can be okay. you know a nine beating an eight, that can be a twelve beating a three, that can be a sixteen beating a one, which has only happened once before. Once in history, if you could pick, pick, if you could pick <laughs> one upset in the first round, who would it be? Well, there's a couple that I have written down for this first round, but if I had to pick one that I just think would be very interesting and one that kind of caught my eye when I was looking back at at the bracket I wrote down. I got Virginia Tech over Florida. Oh, okay. I got Virginia Tech over Florida, and I understand Florida's in the SEC. Virginia Tech's in the ACC. Virginia Tech's played solid basketball this year. Well, that was that was basically my exact point. Is that I understand that Florida's ranked higher, but they have 
in my opinion, they're they're one of the more overrated seven seeds. Yeah, I've seen in recent years, just because like not because they've played bad, but one they've been without their best player, Keontae Johnson, for most of the season. I mean, obviously the circumstances surrounding that he couldn't control, but. Still, you know, just the fact that basically all season Florida has been kind of inconsistent with the way they play basketball, whereas Virginia Tech, on the other hand, like you said, they've played some really solid basketball mm-hmm. this year. Plus, considering they're in the ACC, which was just a weird conference to watch in basketball this year, period. Yeah. Like, the fact that they were able to do as well, do as well as they did, I'm picking them to win over Florida just because I think their consistency is going to and just the way they played this season is going to outplay Florida. Well, and I think Tech would have had a higher seed if they wouldn't have had such a big gap in their schedule. Yes. Because they had a huge gap. Well, they had then, a huge gap in their schedule where they didn't play. And then all of a sudden you're playing the Tar Heels in the ACC tournament. Okay? Yes. You're cold. You're not You're not loose. Okay? So now you've had time to practice now. You've had time to get things together. So maybe, just maybe, you make a good little run as a 10 seed. Yeah. Okay? We, I, I could definitely see that happening. And you're making John Harris very happy by saying you're picking the Hokies. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. So, That's true. Um, mine's a little bit further out there, but okay. I think I think it's pretty fair okay. in saying this, too. I'm picking Winthrop, you know, down in Rock Hill. Oh, yeah. I'm picking Winthrop over Villanova in the first round. Really? Yeah, that's a 12 versus a 5 seed. You got Winthrop um, over Villanova? Yes, okay. I do. Villanova is banged up. Yes. Villanova is very beat up, okay? They've got a lot of injuries. They're missing a lot of key players, okay? when I mean, Villanova, they're known to make deep runs. You know, they broke my heart in the national championship a couple years ago or a few years ago, too, yes. with that buzzer beater. Ooh, still got, you know, just a cold chill up my spine just thinking about it. Shush, be quiet. But <laughs> Winthrop has been on a tear all season long, okay? They are, let's see, they're shooting – 35% from three as a team. That's really good. Okay? Yeah. They're, um, they have a 68% free throw percentage. Not terrible for the conference that they're in. No. And they went 23-1 and one over the season. Yeah. Okay? They only lost one game. What, there for a little while, they had one of the longest winning streaks over the past few seasons oh, yeah. in the country until they lost a game this season. And I'm picking the team. Now, they, not, they might not make a really deep run. I haven't looked to see who they would play next because I personally, me and Amber, we hadn't filled out our brackets yet. Okay. But I could, if I could pick one upset, I think there's going to be a ton of them this year, by the way, in oh, the first yeah. round. Same. Um, Winthrop over Villanova, I could about lock that one in. Okay. Well, even though that's not what I chose in my bracket that I already filled out, I could definitely see that happening mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, yeah. like, I could definitely see that happening. Like, even though I picked Villanova over Winthrop, I wouldn't be shocked if Winthrop does win that game, though. Another fun, I would not. Another fun upset to see would be if UNC Greensboro beats Florida State. Oh, wow. That, that would be really cool. I'd definitely be cheering for Greensboro. Oh, wow, yeah. And that one as well. But, man, got so many so many potential upsets. And, you know, got Alabama as a two seed in basketball. Yeah, I know, which that's, that's just crazy, crazy to see. Um, Grad Canyon University, you know, that Christian school out west. Yes. They're playing Iowa the first round. That's, wow, who knows? You know, anything can happen Oh, yeah. But I will say Gonzaga has a really easy road to the championship. Yes, they do. They've beaten a good number of those teams that are in their region. Yes. And But, I mean, I, I'm comfortable about picking Illinois just because the Big Ten, they were the best conference this year. Oh, yeah. As much as I don't like to say that. At least it wasn't the Pac-12. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, who knows, man. But we'll have plenty of NCAA basketball to talk about next week. We'll put more time into it and everything like that. But um, that's all I got, buddy. 
Uh, that's all I got, man. Until next week, and we'll be talking about matches for the Sweet 16 next week. I know. Week. That's crazy how fast it's going to progress. But, yeah. And, you know, as we leave, um, I got us a, a minor league baseball team to talk about. Just real quick, okay. I don't have the Wikipedia page on it. They're actually a brand-new team, quote-unquote, today. Okay? Really? I saw it today on Twitter. Um, you, you need to follow sportslogos.net if you haven't followed them yet. Really cool thing to follow. Uh, okay. Um, I but will. our minor league baseball team of the week, because they announced their rebrand today, is the Danville Otterbots. Yeah. Uh, okay. Otterbots? It's a robotic otter. Okay, which that was what I was thinking. Think about a cyborg that's an otter. Yeah. Okay, that's actually kind of cool. Not an otter box, not a phone case. An otter, yeah, not an otter box, yeah, but an otter, otter box. box. Yeah, so that that's the team that used to be the Danville Braves. Right. Up in, up in uh, Virginia. Yes. But now they've rebranded to something that's Kind of fun, but also kind of goes along with the area. They got a bunch of otters in that region of Virginia. Okay. okay? And something crazy because it's minor league baseball. You have free range to go crazy, right? Yes. So you need to go look at at their logo. It's really cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. And plus, I love it when minor league teams have their own identity. I think it's really boring when they just name themselves after the minor league or the major league team they're affiliated with. Okay. Which is basically all the Red Sox affiliates. Yeah. Well, that is kind of boring. You have the Paul Sox. That's that's pushing it. But yeah. um, But yeah, I think it's really fun when they find their own identity and the Otterbots. Who would have thought about that? You know? So that's cool. Uh, Not me. I'll say that much. So yeah. So go check out that logo. Um, y'all have a great rest of your week. I said it right that time. Yes, That's you like did. The first week in uh, three or four weeks that I said that right. Y'all have a great rest of your week. I'm going to double check and make sure I say it again okay. correctly. Um, and we'll see y'all next week. I have plenty of basketball to talk about. I'll have the double play Devo. And who knows? Might have some other wacky Miley teeth to talk about at the end of the show. But y'all take it easy. I got to run to Wadesburg and sign my tax forms. Bye.